How are we doing, church? Are we well? Good, good, good. What I want you to do, if it's okay, is I want you to turn to the person next to you. I want you to tell them, what's your go-to dance move? You know, you're at a disco, like sort of, what are you pulling out the closet, sort of like, sort of like, sort of go-to? Go on, just chat that whilst I sort my notes out. Oh, wow, there's some passion. There's a couple of demonstrations going. I like it. Right, okay. Um, you'll see why I asked you that question in a little while, but um, it's so good to be with you. Always a privilege to come. Um, we're into June now. We've, ha- we've had May, the month of many bank holidays, and it's come and gone, and we're like, oh no, we've got used to having bank holidays almost once every two weeks, haven't we? Um, but we're into June. It's going to be great. I had the privilege last week of taking 22 young adults up to a big church festival. We had a brilliant time. Um, my car broke down on the way. Thank you for praying for us, if you prayed for us. And if you didn't, don't worry, somebody else did. Um, and we, it all got sorted, and, and that was really, really um, amazing time of just worshipping and encountering God. Uh, and I, I caught up with the message last week, Pastor Aaron brought, um, and I was chatting to him. He said he just had a brilliant service just as he was talking about Pentecost, and then you had some time where the Holy Spirit came and just sort of like moved amongst us. Um, what a brilliant thing. And I want to continue on a little bit off the back of what Pastor Aaron talked about last week, um, talking about Pentecost. And if you don't know what Pentecost is, then go back and watch um, a little bit of Pastor Aaron's message. But just to give you a brief outline, Pentecost is after Jesus' ascension, when his disciples are meeting together, and Jesus promises that he's going to send his Holy Spirit. It's when the Holy Spirit comes and fills his disciples. And there's this amazing bit in Acts 2 where it says, everyone who was present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Who desires that in our churches? Oh, the day when everyone who was present was filled with the Holy Spirit. We're praying that to be today, and we believe it. Uh, and so we've, as I come off the back of talking about the Holy Spirit, um, I'm also continuing on a series that we've been interspersing throughout um, other series over the last couple of months, which is called the Foundation Series. Now, you, you may or may not have picked up on this, but essentially the vision behind it is that there's some things for us as a church that are key fundamental beliefs. <clears throat> it's imp- who knows it's important that we know what we believe? It's important that we know what we believe. And so we've been looking at some key foundational topics. We've looked at the Bible and what we believe about the Bible. We've looked at the Trinity. We looked at the resurrection a couple of weeks ago. And today we look at the Holy Spirit. Um, and I'm going to be just unpacking some of the person, because the Holy Spirit is a person, and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. And we know if you've been here at Riverside for long, you might know that we've got three visional values. I said on the video earlier, we want to be a people that grow the family of God who flow in the presence of the Holy Spirit and that goes into the mission and discipleship of Jesus Christ. We want to be a people who flow in the Holy Spirit. That just naturally, in and through us, it's just flowing in our lives. I had the privilege a couple of weeks ago of going up to the Assemblies of God National Conference. Now you may know, you may not know, but this church, Riverside, we're part of a bigger network of churches in the UK and even internationally. AOG is represented all around the world. Um, and we had an amazing time of um, impartation and the Holy Spirit was moving and speaking and it was fantastic. And uh, the leader of the AOGGB is a guy called Glyn Barrett. You may have heard of him, you might not have done. He runs a church in Manchester, a big church called Audacious. He's a man of real authority and vision and he was sharing and the reason I share this with you it's important that we know something of the culture of what we are as a house it's important we know that actually we're part of something bigger than just ourselves we're part of a movement we're not part of a monument 
that stays, it just is there and doesn't move. We're part of a movement of God. And Glenn was talking about some of the vision. And I want to get you excited a little bit about what he's talking about and what he sees God doing in the AOGGB over the next couple of years. He talks about church planting expansion. We want to see church planted. It's really important that happens. Everybody here got saved in a church that somebody planted. And that people will get saved in the churches that we plant. We believe in church planting. That's what we talked about. There was a new national youth ministry. In the AOG, we've not had a national youth ministry in about 15 years. It's a long time. We're again reinvesting into the young people. Who knows? We need the next generation rising up and growing in leadership. Leadership development. We want to see healthier churches. That's not just numbers up, but it just means we want to be healthier. Sometimes in church, even though you guys are perfect, I don't worry about that, but there's some other church. Sometimes we understand that there's some unhealthiness that can creep into the church. And we want to be a healthy church. And we want to be a a network of healthy churches. And then something that he really said that stood out to me was that he wants the OG, and he feels God calling us as, as a movement, to rediscover our Pentecostal roots that we would have the fire in our bellies again of the Holy Spirit. That we would desire and pursue seeing the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit in our churches. And somebody give me an amen if you're on board with that. You know, one of the scriptures I learned as a child, it stuck with me. Sometimes you do that, that happens, right? Where you, a, a verse just sticks in your mind and it kind of stays with you. Um, and when I was a child, I had to learn in the, in the sort of kids' ministry, they do a great job. And you learn different scriptures and stuff. And I learned this one and it's just stuck in me. It's Acts 1.8. When the Holy Spirit comes, Jesus talking just before his ascension, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. We need power in the church. If we want to see a church that invades, that takes over, that pushes past the gates of hell, we've got to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I run a Friday night youth club here at church, um, and God's doing some great things. And I'm going to come in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, and share a little bit more about what God's doing. But every Friday we run a youth club, and we preach the gospel. It's a, it's a, it's a place where they can come. kids can come from the local estate. They come in, they can play pool, table tennis, have fun, uh, and do stuff like that. But also we preach the gospel to them. I, I keep a track of the numbers, because numbers are important. We've preached the gospel to 122 different children this year. That's important. That's it. That matters. You know, and um, I was preparing for one of these gospel slots that we do on a Friday night. And I was saying, God, what, you know, what do you want to say to me? And I just felt God gave me that verse. You know, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will, the power will come upon you. And I had this vision of just sort of sometimes our kids, literally, they stood underneath an ever-crashing wave. Just like crashing over them. And they were powerless to do, they're powerless to do anything about some of the stuff that the world throws at them. But in the Holy Spirit, there is a power. Maybe you're here this morning and you feel powerless. Stuff in your life, situations are happening, and it's just like bam, like bam, like bam, and it's just crashing over you. And I want you to know that the Holy Spirit, He comes in power, and that when in His power, there's all power and all authority, and that everything else bows to the power of the Spirit of God in our lives. Guys, I, I, I was preparing, I was thinking, oh, what do I, what, how do I get started? The Holy Spirit, if I had six weeks, it wouldn't be enough for me to fully unpack the Holy Spirit and what we believe about it. But I just was drawn to a passage that um, we've, we've kind of read a little bit of earlier, which is John 14, to, to John 4, chapter 14, through to chapter 16. So if you get your Bibles open with me, I'm going to really jump around here, because Jesus says so many good stuff, that I just want to 
just, I'm going to jump into different verses all the time, but I'm going to root myself in the first sort of like four verses from sort of chapter 14, verses 15 down to about 19. Let's read that, shall we? I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It will come up behind me. Section called Jesus Promises the Spirit. Verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him. And it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. You know, when I was, I was just, we'll stop there and I'll jump back in in a minute. And I, I was thinking as I read this passage, I was like, Lord, why do you start with that, that first verse in 15? It feels like a kind of a weird verse. If you love me, will you obey my commandments? Why do you start your whole sort of like bit on the Holy Spirit that's coming up now? Why do you start it there? And I felt that Jesus prompted me, it's really important we understand that the Holy Spirit in our lives does not come to follow. It comes to lead. It comes to lead. Verse 17, he is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Romans 8, Peter's got on his t-shirt, Romans 8, love the verse on the back of his, Romans 8, 28. But Romans 8, Paul writes this in verse 4. He says that those who belong to Christ are no longer following our sinful nature, but instead we follow the Spirit. And we talked about the fruits last week from Galatians 5. Pastor Aaron brought that. Fruits of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit produce this kind of fruit in our lives. Um, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. And it goes on in 25. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. We love this passage in church. I think the charismatics particularly love that passage. We love the idea of the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, yeah, joy, love, peace. That sounds like a good way to live. That's, I want to be full of all that stuff. And we focus sometimes so much on the fruit that sometimes we risk missing the following. Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. When the disciples received the Holy Spirit in Pentecost in Acts 2, where were they? Oh, well, they were in a room in Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, but where were they? They were in the place that Jesus told them to be. They were obedient. Who knows that our obedience leads to his outpouring in our lives? When we obey, he pours in. I want to ask you, are you willing to be led this morning? When my car broke down last week, I had to get towed. I've never been towed before. Um, and it's quite an interesting experience. The guy pulls up and um, sort of like, we're on the side of a motorway, so he's kind of shouting over the noise. I'm going to tow you to Sainsbury's. Okay, that's fine. Um, and he kind of gives you this, and Lev's was with me. He kind of gives you this really quick sort of like thing on his phone, um, like a five-step thing of what you need to do when you're being towed. Like, like, he's like, and then you sign it at the end for insurance purposes to make sure that the AA takes no responsibility if you crash and die afterwards. And you think, oh, this is filling me with confidence. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling ready for this. And, it, and, it's sort of like, and one of the main things it says is, it says, you know, sort of like, really, you know, you've got to take care of steering. That was what he said to me. He said, look, listen, you can basically ignore the four other slides, but just make sure you listen to the steering. But it's hard following sometimes. Because there was times where I was like, where's he going? And I wanted to almost like look around him. It's hard sometimes in our life when we follow the Holy Spirit. But we have to keep our wheels, and we've got to keep our vision on what he's leading us into. We are not called to be leaders. If I start going off, I'll be, I'll be causing accidents to other cars. I'll be veering across the road. But when I keep my eyes focused on what's in front of me, 
when I keep my eyes focused on the Holy Spirit in my life, he's leading me to a good place. But where's he leading me? Verse 17, where's he leading? He's, he's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. This is a really big theme in the next coming chapters. He's leading into all truth. So he says it there in verse 17 of John 14. Chapter 15, verse 26. Dad read it. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father, and he will testify all about me. Chapter 16, verse 12. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. So what is truth? If the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, there are a couple of things I just felt that I wanted to unpack about the sort of truth that the Holy Spirit leads us into. And Jesus starts off in John 14, right at the start. He's having a chat with his disciples. This is where this, this sort of like conversation around the Holy Spirit starts. He says, listen, I've got to go. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And in, in my father's house, there's many rooms. And you know the way to where that is. And Thomas goes, no, 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 no. Classic Thomas. I don't, we, don't, we don't know the way. We don't know the way. Jesus says, I am the way. The truth and the life. Jesus is the truth. As Pastor Aaron shared earlier, that it's one of the most fundamental things about the Holy Spirit we have to understand is that he always points us back to Jesus. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus' words are true. Jesus' will is truth. Jesus' ways are our truth. The Holy Spirit leads us to the truth, which is Jesus. The second thing is the Holy Spirit leads us to the truth, which is freedom. John chapter 8, 32, Jesus says, If you abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, say it with me, and the truth will set you free. Paul writes, Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. If you just flip over the page to John 16, verse 8, it's the bit that Pastor Aaron just read. There's something really good here. John chapter 16, verse 8, talking about the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. Jesus explains, which is helpful. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. 10, verse 10. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. And verse 11, judgment will come because the ruler of this world has already been judged. So the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin so that we may repent. He convicts us of our righteousness that is available to us through Christ. And he convicts us that the judgment is no longer for us. Through repentance, there's righteousness because of what Jesus has done for us. Through our righteousness, we're free from judgment Death, sin, hell, that's the gospel. You see, the problem is sometimes when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we really focus on the conviction of sin. And he does do that, and that's important. But he also convicts us of our salvation. He doesn't just convict us of our sin, he convicts us of our salvation as well. It's the Holy Spirit that leads us into the truth that death is not our destiny And sin is not our story. The Holy Spirit leads that. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We had a silent disco at youth a couple of months ago. It was brilliant. Um, And sort of like we we hired the headphones um, and we had sort of 52 kids in that night. um, And sort of it starts off, they put the headphones on and they're sort of like playing it cool. You know what I mean? At the, cor- at the corner. And all of a sudden, you get a couple like boisterous ones like, absolutely busting a move. And before you know it, we had 50 of the 52 kids dancing. 
They were loving it. They were going for it. They were busting shapes I've never seen. They were, the smell, like you walked into the room, like, like it was like tangible. Like it hit, it like smacked you in the face. You know, it was, you could taste it. And it was like, it was like, no, generally, it was generally, when I say that, you could generally feel like you could taste it. Um, but it, there was this amazing moments in there. There were kids up on that dance floor who I would have never expected to have been there. I thought, oh, this isn't the night for them, but that's okay, because they'll be able to play games down in the cafe. But anyway, boom, put the headphones on, they're in. There's something about the headphones. You ever been to a disco, about three people who are really sort of going for it, had a couple too many apple juices, and they're like enjoying themselves. No, but they put the headphones on, all of a sudden it takes some, some, some of the inhibitions away. I watched this moment as two kids who I never thought would be doing this, quite introverted, quite quiet, lovely kids. They were literally like jumping for joy. I don't think I've ever seen them move quicker than sort of like two miles an hour. They literally like jumping for joy. There was an abandon to them in that moment. And I was praying a couple of weeks afterwards in the prayer room downstairs. And I felt God draw me back to that moment. And he gave me this word. He said, I want you to, if you want to move forward, Josh, and particularly for the young adults, if you want to move forward in the young adults, you have to be extravagant. You've got to be extravagant. You know what the definition of extravagance is? It's to live without restraint. I want to be a follower of Jesus who lives not restrained. I want to live unrestrained. Anybody want to join me in that? I want to be free. And whatever is restricting you this morning, the Spirit of the Lord wants to remind you of the truth that you are free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Full freedom. Not partial. We don't always live in the freedom that the Spirit brings. But it doesn't mean that the truth isn't the same. And I want to tell some people here today, I want to prophesy over you. Your days of being a captive, your days of being a victim, your days of being a slave to the former things, that through the power of Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, they are done. That you have overwhelming victory over sin, every addiction, every negative thought pattern, every negative thing. In Jesus' name. Isn't that cool? Holy Spirit leads us to the truth that you're free. You're free this morning. If you had Christ in your heart, you're free. You might not be living in the freedom, but you're free. And the final thing that Spirit leads us into is the truth. Maybe, Evan, you could jump up on the keys for me. Spirit leads us into the truth, which is that we can worship God as he desires. Jesus is talking to the Samaritan woman in John 4. Brilliant passage. And he says this. He says, the time's coming. Indeed, it's here now. Where the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. What does it mean to worship in spirit and truth? To worship in spirit and truth is when our worship moves deeper than just an external expression. It's when our worship moves deeper than our words. It's when a revelation becomes a reality living and breathing inside of us. Paul gives us an amazing example in Romans 8. really recommend you go and read this passage, John 14, 16 and Romans 8. I'll give you a great grounding in the Holy Spirit and the theology of it. It says Romans 8, 15. We call him Abba Father, 
for His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. To worship in spirit and truth is the joining of our understanding. And it connects with the spirit in our life that affirms that truth. The Holy Spirit in our lives is our certificate of adoption from God. So when we come to worship, we bring what we know about God. We bring our understanding. We bring our revelation from the Bible. And the Holy Spirit helps us to experience the reality of those things. And so sometimes, ever been in this moment where you feel like you're singing a song and you're singing that God is the way maker, but you don't feel like he's making a way in your situation. And we know those words, we sing the words, and then something the Spirit joins with us. And in our spirit, it begins to stir something up and it says, no, he is a way maker. And he is making a way in your situation. And you're saying God is a good, good father and you don't feel like he's there and you don't feel like he's close to you, you feel like he's distant. And the spirit begins to join with our words and it begins to affirm to the fact that he is a good father. And we begin to cry, Abba, Father, which just means the deepest expression of dad. Closeness, relationship with our heavenly father. Verse 17, he's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. And I want to finish with this. It goes on in that verse. Just after that, it says the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you, you know him. If you're here today and you're a Christian, you know him. Biblically, theologically, if you are a Christian, you've made a decision to allow Jesus into your heart, you have the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're not sure. That's the Bible. Paul talking to Ephesians chapter 1. When he says that when they believed in Christ, he identified them as his own by giving them the Holy Spirit. That's what he's done for you and I. That he has identified us as his own by giving us the Holy Spirit. That's good. But then he goes on in chapter 5. And he's talking to the same group of people. He's talking to the same church. And he writes, don't be drunk with wine. But instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because who knows there's a difference between receiving the Spirit and being full of the Spirit. Biblically, there's a difference. And I want to ask you today, as you're sat in your chairs, are you full of the Spirit? Maybe you have the Spirit, that's great, but are you full of the Spirit? Maybe you want more of the Spirit. I'm going to give an opportunity for us just to allow the Spirit to come in a second. Just be refilled, refueled. Maybe for you, you need to submit yourself again to the Holy Spirit, to His leading, to His ways. Maybe you need to bring the, let the Holy Spirit bring the truth that you're free. And you're free indeed. You're not a captive. You're not a victim. You're free. Maybe he will lead you to repentance. There's things in your life you know aren't right. And he's going to bring the truth into your life that actually, you know what? You need to, you need to say sorry for that. And at the same time, he's going to remind you of the righteousness that you have through Christ Jesus, our Savior. We're going to sing a song in a second very simple word it says let it rain open the floodgates of heaven let it rain but before we do that if that's you if you're here today and you want to make a decision you just say you know what I need more of the Holy Spirit I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit maybe I feel a little bit run down I need that Holy Spirit just to refill and refresh if you want that will you just stand right now you want more of the Holy Spirit in your life.
pray. If you're willing and able, why don't you just allow your posture of your body to re- represent your heart position. Maybe that just means you're open. Put your hands out. Lift your hands. And we just invite the Holy Spirit right now. Spirit of the living God. Will you fall in this place right now? Will you come? Will you fill this room right now? open. May they receive your spirit. We remember the Pentecost that all who were present received and were filled with the Holy Spirit. And we say, Lord, will you let it come? I'm just going to give space, just in your own hearts, just allow them to come. Just, Just say, Holy Spirit, come. Fill this place. Let him minister to you. Let it rain. Let it rain. Just receive it. Just receive it. Open the floodgates of There's no addiction that can stop the freedom that the Holy Spirit brings. You might think you're in a bad place, but when the Holy Spirit comes, He brings fullness of freedom. There may be a sin, there may be a thought pattern you've been struggling to break for a long time. Right now, in the name of Jesus, He's going to break it off you. You're going to be free to live unrestricted. You're going to be free to live extravagant lives full on. You're going to be starting to bust a move in the spiritual like those kids in the silent disco where you're going to start to enjoy the presence of the God and you're just going to be free and you're going to worry about what people say about you at work and you're not going to worry about what your friends and your neighbours might think about you if you tell the gospel because the Holy Spirit is going to rise within you and there's going to be the floodgates of heaven pouring out over your life the Spirit of the living God bringing power, bringing authority to your words bringing change into the areas of your family that need change bringing freedom into your own heart so just begin to sing that let it rain we let it rain right now Jesus 